This, this, this is, 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 Fight Disciples. Welcome to episode 203 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, this one dedicated to the world of boxing. You can get it on iTunes. Please subscribe there and write us a lovely five-star review. It helps us with our visibility in the iTunes chart. I've noticed that we've climbed a few places since picking up um, the best uh, sports podcast at the uh, uh, British Podcast Awards a couple of weeks ago. So thank you very much. Uh, if you are new uh, to all this uh, shenanigans, welcome, man. Welcome. Where have you been? Uh, you can also uh, get us um, uh, your Android feed via our website, fightdisciples.com. And we're all over social media, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Our UFC show, by the way, this week, we filmed it. Yeah, man, because we were on location. As is this show. Because I'm sick of the sight of Nick Pete this week in Liverpool. So I thought to myself, I'm not coming back to Liverpool tomorrow to record the show once again. So we are now in the early hours of Bank Holiday Monday morning in a hotel at the side of the Echo Arena. Yeah. Off the back of watching Darren Tilby, Wonderboy, that's a UFC term, just in case you're not a UFC fan. Uh, it'll all be explained on our uh, UFC podcast. Uh, but this one's obviously dedicated to the world of boxing. So I thought we'd kill two birds, one stone, sunshine, and have a wee bit of a chat about boxing. Yeah, man. Now, I don't know the name of this week's podcast. Normally, I just sit in a room and just go, oh, fuck it, I'll call it this. I've nailed it. You've come up with something, have you? i come up with something because I was chatting with some of the fight disciples about the performance of the weekend in the boxing ring. And I'd seen someone compared uh, a new ace performance to some triple G. Gennady mm-hmm. Golovkin mm-hmm. and you know what I had to step in and say you know what he, he's much more than Triple G man this kid's fucking comparison with Lomachenko if anything because he's he's racking up the weight divisions and he's doing it in a short space of time so you ready? I'm ready A New A World Order you used to write magazines you didn't you? and that's the fucking best you can come up with <laughs> <laughs> it's decent that Thank you. It's decent, that. I like it. It's nearly as good as the time that uh, we created Murder on Gdansk Floor. That's, yeah, that's still my favourite title of any podcast we've ever done. Yeah. Uh, but that's a beaut. Well done. Thank you. A new A world order. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. And I, and I frame that because <clears throat> a new A was fucking different class against Jamie McDonnell. Absolutely unbelievable. And I, I just bracket him in now with that Lomachenko, this generation coming through right now. It's like, you know what? Fuck what we think we know about boxing. If you're, if you're good enough, you're old enough, just roll it, make it happen. This kid's just added a second weight division world title in his 12th or 15th or whatever it was fight. Lomachenko's doing the same shit, man. This is the golden age of world boxing right now, and we're seeing shit that we've never seen before. How does a little dude like that hit so hard? It's mad. Honestly, it's Where's he getting that power mad. from, man? It's crazy. It's not, it's not like he's got big legs or whatever. It's just purely down to technique. Proper wax on, wax off bullshit, isn't it? Frightening fucking power. Mm. Listen, um, we're, we're quite close to the Caldwell camp, you know, and uh, I was in communication with Anthony Fowler. He was going out there. He was part of the team that went out with, uh, with the McDonald twins that went out to Japan and everything else. And it's frightening to think that, you know, Jamie's genu- genuinely one of the best bantamweights in the world. Fucking mm. outstanding boxer. And a new age just saved him up, man. Like, fucking saved him. What, what does that mean for the World Boxing Super Series? I think he's the favourite, a new age. Wow. Mate, that's how far I'm going to go with it because I know... My only, my only problem with the new age was his size. Yeah. 
And could he then go up to Bantamweight and, and deal with kids much bigger than him? Yeah. Right? Now, he was never the biggest flyweight. No, so. absolutely not. Will he carry the power? Will he be able to deal with these longer-limbed characters, i.e. Jamie McDonald, as he did at the weekend? And then you've got Tete, who's a big, long-limbed thing. You've got Rodriguez, who's a big, long-limbed thing. You've got all these kids that are big, long... You know what I mean? Apart from Burnett, probably, as the world champions. Yeah. They're all quite rangy, long fighters. Inoue, for me, is the best out of a lot of them. I don't think he gives a fuck, does he? He doesn't give a shit. Just gets on the inside and knocks dudes out. Don't get me wrong. Te- this World Boxing Super Series, Bantamweight, um, Season 2... I think he's going to be something else, mate. It's going to be something else. Because all four of those are now in it. They're confirmed. Because Caller told us a couple of weeks ago, once a new air goes through Jamie, that was his words, not mine at that time. Yeah. But once he goes through Jamie, he'll be in the World Boxing Super Series. And he joins Ryan Burnett, Zelani Tete, and Emmanuel Rodriguez. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. I mean, you basically just toss a coin, don't you? Go, right, this one. But that's comparable, isn't it, now to the Cruiserweight tournament that we're still waiting to see the final of. You know, they, they were literally the best eight Cruiserweights available on the planet. Um, and that's why, we're, you know, we, we're seeing that culminate now. Um, this Bantamweight tournament is just fucking ridiculous. Those four signed up. You know, for, for who's me... Who's the best for you, then? For me, them, for them me, four, who's the best? I, I think, technically, from what I've seen, I think Burnett is probably the best. Okay. I think Emmanuel Rodriguez is a tough motherfucker. I think Zelani Tete on his day is a motherfucking beast. And actually, after seeing it again at the weekend, Inoue might have the more, more power than all of them. That's, so, what I, that's why I'm going with him, because he's got the equaliser, mate. Yeah. He can take you out at any point. Well, do we know that, though? Can he take you out at any point? We know he can take you out, certainly, in the first round. Does he carry that power later on? Obviously, 14 knockouts and 16 wins may suggest he can. But up at bantamweight, mate, is he going to be able to catch shit. someone like a Burnett? You know, that Rodriguez kid, mate, when he, he came to the UK and fought Paul Butler, and that kid looked legit as fuck. Yeah. It was only a few weeks ago we were saying that kid could be the favourite. That kid could be the yeah. favourite. And that's the, that's the beauty of this tournament because they all could genuinely... Listen, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good going... Good choosing the number one right. favourite. You're only as good as your last performance, aren't you? And yeah. obviously, us as... Geezers that are fight fans that work in this industry. Okay, well, what the fuck was wrong with Burnett's last performance? No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Two belts. Will you let me finish? Shit house, right? You're only as good as your last performance, and we, as fans that work in this industry, judge quite a lot of things off the last thing that we have seen, and therefore emotion and various things like that can get us carried away, all right? That's where I was going, mate. Okay. Now, Zlani Tetti last time out was shite. End of time before it he was fucking devastating he was absolutely brilliant Rodriguez came over here and he put manners on Paul Butler for 12 rounds had him down on two occasions in the first round he was absolutely outstanding yeah Burnett's last performance it was all right but his performance before it against Zakianov was fucking unbelievable right so everybody's got a legit argument to champion one of those guys to be the favorite in there right I'm just getting carried away by seeing a guy on a Friday afternoon on me day off spank the regular world champion. That's what he did. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Sweet baby Jesus. I said regular world champion, and I made a point of saying regular world champion. You've, you've been on record many times. Yeah, it's saying not a belt. It's not a belt. WBA regular world it's champion not a belt. is not worth shit. It's not a belt. So now you're saying that mm. Noya Anue is the number one favourite for this tournament. And he's not a champion. And he's not even the proper world champion. No, he's not a proper world champion. He's not. 
I can't go back on it and say the WBA regular belt is now all of a sudden a, a top belt so because there's a geezer because the geezer that holds it that I actually like. If you join us, if you've literally joined us late, basically first and foremost, where the fuck have you been, man? This is multi-award winning shit that's going on right here. But just to shed a bit of light, yeah, Ryan Burnett is the WBA Super World Champion, and Inoue has just took the WBA regular world title off. Listen, I, I know it sounds like a bit of a headache, but listen, welcome to professional boxing. It's it's fucked up. Zalani Tete is the WBO, WBO champion. Amanda Rodriguez is the IBF world champion. Well done, mate. That's good. It's Don't confuse yourself. There's a shitload to play for. You're all right. Those are the two. Who's the WBC guy? That right to there isn't one at the moment, is it? Because Neary missed his weight. Oh, fuck, yeah. So it's vacated. Yeah. Of course it is, yeah. There you go. I think nice it, to throw that in the mix. It is being fought for, I've no doubt. But uh, Neary, were. Uh, I mean, he's a fucking legit guy as well, to be fair. But I don't think I don't know if he can make the weight anymore. No. Um, but let's be straight. Inoue is the man. <laughs> That's where I'm going with it. After watching him at the weekend, mate, he's the he's the he's the man. Yeah, Inoue did look absolutely legit. I'm just looking here, actually. Nordine Ubali. Correct pronunciation. Well done. French Southpaw. He fights for the WBC belt uh, on the 23rd of june against the oh fucking hell here we go go on lad uh, here's one for me go on son tasana said panty yeah 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 have yeah, it man. Yeah, yeah, Listen, he's the man i've had on <laughs> six beers already yeah oh he's one of these crazy fucking tight kids with a 46 and old record with 31 ko's there you go. going after mayweather's record there you go yeah man it, that probably isn't even his name you know that's probably his coach's name sam patty yeah, yeah. sapatan sam atan yeah man Fucking! Okay, I can tell you've had a drink. Maybe so, we're not, so one of these just, is just, going to go just, in just then as well. So there's five. If you've, so if, wait a minute. If you win a WBC a belt, how the fuck do you not go into any tournament Listen, as the number one if, you've, guy? If, if this is the first time you've ever listened to this fight disciple shit, right? It's normally better than this. It's just that one of us is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you say that like I'm not usually pissed. No, no, no. Well, you know what I mean. You hung over normally, right? Are you enjoy- go on, have a slip of that sunshine. Fucking hell, he's having a go here, is lad, isn't he? He's it's having a, a long right, day. He's having a right old go. It's been a long day. Mm. So there you go. That's how the bantamweights are all uh, shaping up at this moment in time. I'm going with you anyway, right? I'll probably change my mind next week. I'll probably yeah. change my mind when I see the tournament itself because they are all legit. They're all whoever you whoever you think is going to win. I'm going to draw a line in the sand right now. Mm. I'm going to go with Ryan Burnett. I think Ryan Burnett's going to win this tournament. Really? Yeah. Truly. Okay. Listen, look. You know There's what? an argument for it. You can make the argument. Listen, of you can. In the past, people who listen to the show will probably know that I backed uh, Triple Z to beat Ryan Burnett. I thought he would be too busy for him, but Ryan Burnett, when he unified the titles for me, proved that he had the, uh, the metal to come through it and the game mm. plan. I think Adam Booth's a fucking yeah, supremely top. talented coach. And I think, you know, a new at some stage is going to get in with someone that's just bigger, better, and, and more technical than him. And I think Ryan Burnett could be the guy. Do you know what I think? My only problem with Ryan Burnett is because I think he is legit. He just cuts too easy, and I think at yeah. some point he might get pulled out on cuts because well, he'll get peppered. It's that Irish skin, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, that's that. Now that was that was uh, Friday. Friday afternoon, that wasn't it? Friday afternoon, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had a little bit of Friday afternoon loving. <laughs> then uh, obviously you've got stuck into uh, you've got stuck into the old football on Saturday night. Do you want to talk about that on the uh, on the on the UFC show? We'll do that. We'll do that on the UFC show, shall we? Yep. Um, and then uh, straight after that, in the early hours of uh, of uh, Sunday morning over in the states, uh, we got uh, a, a right little treat because there were a couple of little knocks on there that I, uh, I got carried away with. Cal Yafai, fucking hell, mate! Brilliant. Fair play, son. Fair Brilliant. Play. 
I've always known, and honestly, I've always known Calia Five was brilliant. And uh, the best thing about this performance was, and we obviously weight is a fucking a big issue in our in our UFC show. But uh, when David Kimona failed to make weight, I was like, you know what? I hope he gets fucking spanked now. Mm. And Kalia Fai turned up in style. I think, you know, to win by seventh round yeah, stoppage in the US as well. Right. Defending his world title. In, def- in defense. Well, there is no defense for him, right? But he, he is used to, obviously, fighting at higher weight classes. He's been given an opportunity to fight Kalia Fai for a world title. Yeah? yeah. And he's dropping down in weight. I don't think he had any intention of, of making weight. I think he just wanted to come in big. Have you have you noticed we're talking about this more and more now as well? Like we're, ne- we're never just kind of going, oh yeah, you know, he, he failed to make weight or... No, I think it was tactical. Like. I think there's so much more Maybe money involved in boxing right now. Boxing's absolutely booming. Obviously, we, we you know, we're fucking buzzing about it every week. It's a common a common factor on this show where we're like, wow, this is the golden age of, of British boxing and certainly potentially the golden age of world boxing as well. But there's so many world title fights, world title fights where mm. that used to be the shit, man. That used to be it. Mm. It used to be this is a world title fight. Fucking that is it. It doesn't get any better than this. But now so often in world title fights, well, yeah, he's probably going to weigh in heavy. Fuck the world title belt because his he's career got, means more. Afterwards. Yeah, he's got the name on the record then, hasn't he? It's yeah. crazy. And I think that's what happened in this particular fight. But Kyle Yafai fucking served him, didn't he? That's a, that's a, that's a quality British... Do you know something? Because he's because he's of a of a lower weight class, yeah. it ain't going to get the credit it deserves because no. the bigger guys obviously attract the uh, attract more fans. But that was a tremendous tremendous performance. And for me, I'm just trying to think. British guys abroad this year, that was top class, man. I yeah, mean, we had Billy, we had Billy Joe at the end of last year. That was fucking bang on. Yeah, it was it, it was a very good performance by Cal. You know, and, and I, I expect him to do that as well because I think he's a class operator. Unfortunately, this is the super flyweight division, though. Mm. You know, and, and, uh, regardless of how talented performances are, whatever else, it's just human nature. You know, we're just not that engaged with the super flyweight or the flyweight. We should be, though, because the super flies are fucking superb. I mean, Rung Visai, Chocolatito. It's because we don't get that many, though, is it? It's not no, fr- not fr- from a British fight fan's point of view, you're right. Yeah, yeah genetically, we don't get them. British They're people all Asian, Mexican. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. These are weight classes dominated by Asian fighters. Listen, when I was... Literally wet behind the ears early in my journalism, journalism career, certainly covering fight sports. I covered a fighter from Liverpool called Peter Culshaw, and he was a WBU uh, flyweight champion. And, uh, you know, a WBU at the time then was, you know, it had a little bit more credit than, you know, than it does now. In fact, I don't even know where it's fucking still going, but Shane Eary was a WBU world champion. When he, when he lost his against Mickey Ward at the end of the, the, you know, in the film The Fighter. Mickey Ward obviously went on to fight Otoro Gatti. But when he beat Shane Neary, it was for the WBU belt and chief supporter to Naz. You know, at that stage in time, it was a pretty prominent belt, certainly for the UK market. And I covered Peter Culshaw, and he went to South Africa and beat baby Jake Matala, who was a fucking absolute South African boxing legend, multiple, multiple-time world champion. And yet he came back to the UK and, and, you know, most people on the bus wouldn't even know he was. And, and unfortunately, that's just the way mm. the way it works. You know, we, we can all pretty much relate to people that weigh 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 stone. Keep going, Because we're, Europe- <laughs> yeah, with me, yeah. with you, we're <laughs> Europeans. 
But once you start yeah, going yeah, below yeah. eight stone, mm. you know that's just now genetically we're built, and unfortunately, mm. flyweights will never kind of catch the attention like uh, like others will. But a performance like that, Adam, from Kalyafai, sensational again, super flyweight. Could we see him jump up? Do you think? Yeah, I think I think at some In time point for the will. world boxing super series. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. No. I think at some point he will he will go up because he's just. Because at some point he's gonna he's gonna have to fight the wrong size of this world if you know, and that's a, that's a tough tough task. Yeah. So therefore, if someone like uh, he comes across a wrong visai, wins or loses or whatever, there's going to be a point where he's going to go. Well, I've, I've mopped this division up, or I've been beaten now. I've got to go up in weight to to compete again for a world title. So he's going to have to go at some point. I, I, I think we're a, a, a bit of time off there yet. Because he, what's he had six title defenses now? He's doing his thing. Listen, Cal, listen, he was he was brilliant. It was just it was a fantastic yeah, performance. He was, and yeah. obviously that was the uh, the support act to a guy that we are getting. Well, I say getting ex- extremely excited about. We're extremely excited about him. Full stop. And Gachas is absolutely brilliant. We saw him obviously against uh, Conlon's brother Jamie in yeah. uh, in Ireland, Fucking and ace. he absolutely sc- schooled him. It, it was unbelievable the f- performance. And at that time, um, we were making, obviously, comments and, and, and likability towards Manny Pacquiao. And I watched him again at the weekend, and I thought to myself, fucking hell, mate, it's just a carbon copy. It's just like taking Manny Pacquiao, obviously shaving a few pounds off him because he's a lot lighter than him, yeah. <laughs> sticking him in the ring. It's like the second coming, isn't it? He's obviously a fan. He's obviously watched him a few times because he throws his left hand exactly the same. Yeah. He bounces the exactly well, the same. Well, Manny started down this week, the division as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He started down a pretty much flyweight, so... Uh, you know, it, it, watching these two go head to head at the weekend, or you know, fight to fight, it, you know, it would make perfect sense now to make the Kalyafai fight uh, to see who's the best in this weight division, from in my opinion. But uh, man, this kid's fucking absolutely—he's legit, isn't he? Absolutely legit. You know, he's he's thirty-one on one now with twenty knockouts, but he just seems to be getting better. He's getting and better. better though. Yeah, yeah exactly, his early his yeah. early fights, I think he were you know he's still finding his way. He's, yeah. His last 10, 15 fights have been absolutely pretty outrageous. Much, he, you know, he fucking won pretty much every round here, which was kind of insane when you think it went the distance. But mm. kids, absolutely legit. Mm. No, he is top class. And if you haven't seen it, I think, you know, go and have a little bit of a nosy. At, uh, especially Cal Yafai's fights at the weekend. Definitely go and yeah. have a little bit of a watch of that. Yeah, um, there's no fighting to get stuck into this weekend. So there's nothing to, um, yeah. to really promote. So... Um, I want to uh, create a little bit of a, a scenario. I think we kind of touched upon this last week, didn't we? We're talking about the dilemma now for Carl Frampton at Win- Windsor Park. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, with Selby getting beat last week, who would have been the perfect opponent, yep. you're not going to put Josh Warrington in that scenario with Windsor Park. Impossible to turn round. You've got Santa Cruz and Abner Mares fighting each other. I mean, you, we were talking uh, Gary Russell, weren't we? Yeah. Gary Russell Jr. and what have you. What about. Um, a little bit of Javonta. Do you fancy a little bit of Javonta Davis? I'm just Absolutely. trying to chuck some names out there, see if we can get this thing going, because I think there's a real dilemma for Carl Frampton out there, because I don't think there is a fight other than Gary Russell Jr. at his weight class to get a world title over to the over to Windsor Park. No, there isn't, no, and as you say, I think now we're going to start talking about moving up weight divisions to make something a bit special mm. uh, I think that's the problem he's got right now is the fact that there's just nobody in and around his weight division available 
uh, for Windsor Park, and Windsor Park is something they've been working towards for a long time. I think that's critical to his deal with Frank Warren as that this Windsor Park deal comes off. But there's just nobody in this featherweight mm. division that it, seems to stack. The more up I think about it, I know they, I know it's been promising next and it's booked and all this type of stuff. But the more I think about it, is don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, exactly. Wait. If you're going to do it, do it fucking properly. If you need to postpone it, postpone it. Wait for the right dude to come along. I mean, the right dude for me would be, obviously, Oscar Valdez, who's out injured, or Leo Santa Cruz. That would be the two perfect fights. Yeah. But we know that that can't happen in August. So don't rush it. Don't waste that opportunity. I think the problem is, as well, you you mentioned there... Javonta Davis or even if you look at anyone in the super featherweight division there's some fucking big horrible nasty dudes yeah, in that be great. Come on, division man. he wants a big fight let's have it dare to be great's one thing but I think ruining your chances at featherweight because there's big fights at featherweight he's just got to be patient the problem is they've committed to this Windsor Park date and there's no real logical opponents for them no. to take place so if you start talking about the likes of Javonta Davis and shit like that like that that's some that's some serious legacy defining mm. shit. Mm. Don't get me wrong, but it's also some serious fucking career ending shit yeah, as well. Yeah. Javonta Davis is no joke, man. No, not so. Speaking of Javonta, his mate Broner, him Your on mate. It, him on Instagram this week has been the at, problem, mate. He's been gold, right? So he posted an email yeah. onto his Instagram that Eddie Hearn sent him and his team. As in a, a promotional offer, a deal for this uh, the Zone TV platform, right? Now I understand why Eddie's doing it because Broner does sell tickets, yeah, and he makes a few quid. But I think Eddie's learned firsthand that how much of a dick <laughs> Adrian Broner is, right? Just a bit. So Eddie's offered him six point seven five million dollars for a three fights over twelve months. Adrian Broner responded by calling that a slave deal, right? Now the official. Uh, figures for Adrian Bronner yep. is that he pulls a million dollars from the Vargas fight. I think he pulled a million dollars from the Mikey Garcia fight as well. So on paper, you look at it and go to yourself, a slave deal? You're yeah. on a million. And doubling your money. And he's technically doubling your money but via the purses. I think Bronner does earn more than the official um, released purses because he's involved yeah, in promotion and all this more. type of stuff. Not and Al Heyman wears him in and all that type it's of not stuff. Much, it's not that much more though. It's, we're not talking three million a fight, are we? He ain't getting that. Oh, we fuck. We're not talking two million in a fight. Yeah, the bu- the bulk of his wages is that million quid. Yes, he'll get a few extra bits along the way, sponsorships here and there, Al Heyman maybe. But mm. you know, he ain't topping one and a half million dollars a fight. <laughs> He's just far a, from it. Lads, just a prick, isn't he? He's just a gobshite. He, you know, I, I think Eddie putting that deal on the table for him—that's fucking phenomenal. The, the what really excites me is if he's putting shit like that on the table to the likes of Adrian and Broner. What the fuck is Eddie putting on the table for the likes of Mikey Garcia, mm. for the likes of Javante Davis? Yeah, you know, for for guys that aren't absolute total tools. Yeah, you know, so for for me, I think Adrian Broner is going to regret putting that tweet out. But then again, fucking everything Adrian Broner does, you always think he's going to regret doing that because he's a tit. Mm. I um. Exciting though, Eddie's well, taken over. Well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, just on that, because we've been in the uh, company of Dana White tonight, yep. having a little bit of a chat with Dana about various things regarding not just UFC, but boxing as well, because yep. obviously he's heavily involved with Zuffer. We told you about this last August. Yep, you heard it here first. Um, and we told Zuffer you... for boxing, baby. And we told you at the start of the year that he would be going after Mikey Garcia. That's a real thing. 
Um, again, you heard it here first. That's probably why we won awards, mate. Not because you get pissed on the fucking podcast, but because we actually know a bit of stuff. Anyway, um, we asked him uh, a little bit about the Mikey Garcia thing. He confirmed it. He said, we're talking. They're like us. We like them. Um, yep. But we also know that Eddie's talking to him as well. Eddie's going to be making him an offer. It is a little bit of a hunt for Mikey Garcia. Um, but they also started talking about the Anthony Joshua situation. Do you remember that rumor that came out and he says, uh, oh, yeah, Dana's going to offer him 500 million over 10 years or 10 fights or whatever it may be and all that type of stuff. Then he turned around and went, well, that's bullshit. I don't know where that came from. It was absolute fabricated nonsense. Um, that's not what we were going to offer because when um, we first made contact with Anthony Joshua, Anthony Joshua turned around and said, I'm not leaving Eddie Hearn under no circumstances. So, I wa- so basically, Dana wanted to meet him and, yep. and Eddie Hearn when they were um, supposed to meet up over, uh, when he fought last time against uh, Joseph Parker. They wanted to meet up yeah. in order for Dana to negotiate maybe some American leg of his promotion to help him become a worldwide superstar because as Dana said tonight he said listen everybody knows Anthony Joshua in the UK no fucking knows who he is in America at this moment in time Yeah, and uh, that's what Dana would have offered but now that the the DAZN deal has, uh, has come about that's probably a little well it's off the table now isn't it I would have thought so I, I don't think Joshua's tied into the DAZN deal I think Joshua is a completely separate entity uh, no, but whatever he does, he's what um, Dana was saying. Whatever he does, he's doing it with Eddie Hearn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's what we that's what we get. You know, that's the feedback that we're hearing now. Is that he's kind of and that, you know what that kind of makes sense because we talked about the fact that he was available. That after his last fight, he became a f- pretty much a free agent. Yeah, we we even talked about it on the show. Like no one's talking about it. No one's asking Eddie Hearn about it. No one's saying like, "Oh, you're concerned you're going to lose AJ." And and likewise, no one's saying to AJ, uh, "What are you going to do next? Are you going to going to fuck Eddie Hearn off?" No one's had that conversation. No one's even brought that conversation up. So it makes kind of perfect sense now mm. that even Dana White's come publicly and gone, "Listen, that's his boy. They're going to stay together. They're going to make money together, and that's the way it is." But there's there's plenty of other fights, fighters out there for Dana White. I think Zufa Boxing is a legit thing. I think Dana White, I'll be honest with you, from covering UFC and people know who listen to our MMA show, how close I am to that sport as well. Dana White's probably the best promoter in the history of modern day fight sports. I don't give a fuck what you say. He's, you know, for me, he's overtaken Don King. The shit he's done with that sport, with mixed martial arts, with the UFC brand, is kind of phenomenal. And I'm not saying he would do; he would have the same kind of impact with boxing. But th- this guy is a boxing fan. He, he's from a boxing background. He, you know, boxing's his first love. And his partner's Lorenzo Fatita. And Lorenzo was also at one stage prior to owning the UFC was the uh, was the main guy at the Nevada State Athletic Commission. These guys are, are in deep. You know, they they know what boxing. They know how boxing works. They know everything about it. They've had the connections over the years. I think it's only a good thing that Zufa Boxing comes out and goes public and starts putting on shows because I think it makes everybody else pull the socks up a bit. Mm. No, I'd agree with that, mate. Um, what do you make of all this? Uh, speaking of promoters, let's do uh, Oscar De La Hoya talking absolute bollocks this week about... Uh, what about now? Fucking hell, mate, right? <laughs> so, Any spoons or passes or fishnet no, stockings? Think or? I don't think he's stuck anything up his ass yet. He might be doing in the privacy of his own, yeah, own gaff. Oscar Bellamy, man, I'm up for that. Party. Oscar, stay away from the Instagram fucking slags, mate. That's what you need to be doing, sunshine. Don't be getting filmed. This is the, the, you. You'd love a party with Oscar, you wouldn't you? Yeah. All fucking sorts of shit to go down, wouldn't it? Microphones up your ass, what all sorts of stuff. Oscars stays at Oscars. Mm. 
To be fair, he can fucking stay at Oscars. I don't want to go there if he's sticking microphones and all sorts of shit up your backside, man. You said that, not Oscars. Well, I'm just saying, it's not for me. Anyway, Oscars come out and said Triple G doesn't want uh, the rematch rematch because he's scared of the fight. Rematch. Right. This is what uh, um, Gennady Golovkin earlier on, uh, well, at the weekend, basically said, listen, I have made some demands for the rematch. He wants 50-50, doesn't he? He wants 50-50. What the fuck is going on in the world when Golovkin can't get 50-50 against Canelo? Mate. Drug cheat Canelo? He wants 50-50. And he's perfectly entitled to 50-50. Absolutely. What's, At least. What's, what's what do you mean? He's entitled to 50-50. What's the, what's the problem? At least 50-50. Uh, he's mate, not a fucking what, drug cheat. Well, when I saw it, he's asked for 50-50. I'm like, right, and what's the beef? What is the beef? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what the beef is. The beef is fucking in Mexico and you've been swallowing it, you dickhead. It should exactly. be 60-40 in Gennady's fucking favour because exactly. he won. And he won the first fight, you cheating bastards, right? Make the fight. There's only one side that don't want this fight yeah. and it's you. Exactly. Absolutely. It's Golden Boy. It's Canelo. They're not interested. They don't want to see this fight happen anytime Because soon. he's getting spanked. Exactly. Dr- drugs or no drugs, he's getting absolutely mawed in this uh, next fight. I think fight. they realised in the first fight they got away with murder or... You know, they got away with meat. They 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 paid for it first time around. You could say. I think Canelo's been exposed now for what he is, and that's a drug cheat, and that will always hang over his head, regardless of what bullshit Nevada State Athletic Commission and Golden Boy and their puppets at Ring Magazine tell us. Sorry, dude. I know he's your boy. Nice, all right. You can have Uh, that one. Regardless of what goes on there. Canelo's name will always now be hidden with an asterisk, mm. you know, and uh, it will always be uh, held under a little bit of contempt. So, I think I think it would be amazing to see that fight again. But to not- to even see Golden Boy disregard the fact that Triple G wants fifty fifty is a fucking joke because fifty fifty should be the minimum. Fifty fifty is a disgrace to Triple G. Mm. That's a disgrace to Golovkin's team mm. because he won the first fight mm. and the guys just fa- failed the drug test. So he should be getting the lion's share of the money. Absolutely. I, you know what? At this point in time, I think well, boxing and certainly boxing fans, do we really want to see him fight Canelo again next? I don't think but we are. I, I, I don't think we're going to get it. I don't think we're going to get it. I'd fucking rather see him fight Billy Joe anyway. Mm. If I was Frank Warren, I would have two. You know what? Fuck it. Push the boat out, Frank. For. Business class tickets for Triple G, their kid, a couple of the boys, <laughs> fly them in from California, sit them ringside for when uh, when Billy Joe fights Martin Murray at the end of the month, and, and make the fight, man. Fuck Canelo. Hang on, you can't write Martin Murray off. Martin Murray might spank oh, him. Listen, absolutely not. And you know that that's a show that's coming up, and I've got a little bit of inside information that tells me that there's an upset on the cards. Let me tell you. However, and that's not the drink talking. From a promotional standpoint, what I'm saying is that Frank Warren needs to have Triple G at ringside at the O2, hmm. June the 26th, yeah, ish, ish, end of June. Uh, he needs to be there, man, because you know what? Fuck Canelo. I like fuck the way that you. I like the way that you just make dates up, mate. It's Twi- the end of June, isn't it? Yeah, end of June. Yeah, 23rd. Is, it, is that? Are you going with I'm that gonna, one? I'm going to go you, with the 23rd. Because if they're fighting on the 26th, mate, that's a Tuesday night. Are we going to go down and watch that? The 23rd, Saturday. <laughs> is, that the right, is that right? The Saturday, 23rd of June. Uh, it is the 23rd, mate. Yeah. Sorry, it's I'm on right. the same night that Taylor and Postol are fighting. Yeah, and it's also oh, fucking hell. What a night to be in Scotland that will be. Yeah, and it's also the same night that you actually uh, go on your holidays. 
Well, you're on holiday, aren't you? I'm enjoying on holiday, yourself. yeah. You're I'm enjoying yourself. Enjoying yourself then, mate. But yes, it is in June there, mate. Anyway, um, you are right. Uh, I don't think we're even going to get that, you know, because I think Triple G will go and fight is, uh, is mandatory. That fella whose name I cannot pronounce. Derry Vinjinkango. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Sir Guy, I'm going to call him. Mm-hmm. I always get it. Uh, I can't pr- get do the pronunciation. Dorevianchenko. Dorevianchenko. Nice. There you go. Anyway. Uh, and I reckon we're, and we're going to get Canelo Alvarez against Spike O'Sullivan. Ah, uh, fucking hell. That's what we'll get, mate. Yep. That's, uh, that's, how, that'll, uh, that's how that will roll out, my friend. Um, <clears throat> um, regarding, I suppose we're going to have to talk about this because it's on every single... Uh, it's on every single news outlet, every single day. Everybody's only asked about AJ, it seems, doesn't it? He's now uh, chucked it back in Wilder's court saying it's only happening in the UK. Yeah, I'm disappointed, I'll be honest. You know, I, I don't want to look too deeply into the story. I've seen what AJ said and he wants to stay loyal to his UK fans and everything else. And you know what? It's amazing what he's built in this country. You know, he's brought the boxing, the heavyweight boxing, which, let's face it, is boxing, back to the focal point of the UK, and that's phenomenal. That that you know that re- that really is amazing. But in terms of legacy and everything else, we talk about it all the time. Mm. To to fucking make it in this sport, you've got to crack America. It's like the music business, man. You've got to crack America to actually fucking make it. Oasis, Oasis never cracked America. <laughs> they cracked the UK. They made a few quid, but they didn't make you know proper dough like the Beatles. Mate, they, they, they didn't make Beatles money. Of course they didn't make Beatles money. you got to crack America to make it. Mm. And unfortunately, I think Anthony Joshua backtracking like this feels a bit negative to me. It feels a bit like he's, a scared, he's scared of Wilder. I, I, I think AJ should just go to America, fight Wilder. You know what? As long as it's in the short print, in the small print, there's going to be a rematch. And I'm sure there will be from both camps. Mm. Go over there, there's nothing to lose. If he does lose, then we get the rematch at Wembley anyway. So it makes no odds whatsoever. So these are the type of legacy fights I think he needs to have before. Listen, Tyson's coming back, man. Tyson Forey is creeping up on these motherfuckers. And Two Tyson weeks. is no that's next joke. Week, that's so next week's show. That's Tyson next week's show. Tyson is no joke. Tyson has this ability to fucking make you look shit, to mm. negate his way through fights, well, to spoil his way through fights. I've got beef with him. I've got beef with Tyson. Tyson. I've got beef with him, right? Okay. Be careful. No, I'm just going to tell it. And Tyson, I know you listen. to the show. Listen, no, I know that you're a fight disciple, my friend. But I'm just going to chuck this your way. And I want you to know that I know that you did this. All right? So I put a meme out this week on our Instagram account. You may have seen it. It's a lovely picture of Tyson in his flowery numbered oh, shirt. It looked amazing. He did look a million dollars. And I thought, do you know something? You remind me of something there, Tyson. You remind me of the guy... From Grand Theft Auto Vice City. That's yep. what you look like. And I made that comment on last week's podcast. You remember this? Yeah. I thought I'm going to make a meme on that. So I make some meme, right? And I tags him in it. And obviously I put our branding on that yeah, fucking yeah. meme, yeah? Don't tell me he cropped our branding off. So I pings him. He likes it. He sends us a DM. Fucking sound that, lads. Nice one. Yep. He then posts it on his own Instagram story. I'm cool with this. I'm sound with this so far, Tyson. All day. And he's cut the fucking branding off it. Oh. Tyson, lad, what you doing? You're hanging me out here, son. You? You're hanging me out. Fucking hell, that's Anthony Fowler behaviour. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Fowler, I'm calling you out yeah, as well. You do you it as well, you shit well, house. Yeah. <laughs> I've, seen you, I've seen you nicking our stuff as well, you little bugger. <laughs> but Tyson, yeah, he's, he's, he's getting his material from the Fight Disciples. 
Love it, man. Fucking hell. Tyson's be... back. That's yeah. all that matters. The sport's better for it. Just so. c- listen, Tyson, cut a brother some slack. You're a multi-millionaire, lad. Exactly. You know what I yeah, mean? Give the fight disciples a push. Fucking so. You're one of us. Lad. Come on, boy. Spread the wealth. <laughs> What's the matter with you? You're supposed to be into Jesus. Come on, man. Spread the good stuff. He's one of us. Spread the good stuff. Um, right. Fights that have been made, purse bids, and all this type of bollocks. Yeah. Uh, Danny Garcia, Sean Porter. Yeah. Uh, for the vacant WBC welterweight title. Belt up. Uh, August 25th at the Barclays Centre in New York. Guess who's in New York on that day? Who's taking you to New York around that time? What are you doing in New York then? What are you doing in New York? Doing a bit, aren't I? Doing bits. Foxy Bingo flying you out to New York. I'm doing Foxy Bingo at the MSG, mate. That's what I'm doing. I'm reading the numbers. What was it all here today, actually? Some oh, mate, I'll do them all. I'll do pet, them all. Pet stain? What yeah, was mate. that one? Mate, listen, I'll do Vanish Pet Mess. Vanish Pet Mess. On the old uh, right, yeah, the Paddy McGuinness TV show, whatever that is. That's brilliant. The take pet me out. Mess one is the Match.com, the take me out. I'd fucking, mate, listen. Mate, this Fight be- Disciples shit ain't getting me a mansion, is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> I need to get on with it. The wife wants a new kitchen. <laughs> the Pet Mess shout, that's like your fucking Bruce Buffer moment. That's it? me, innit, mate? That's the one. Listen, I'll fucking slag this voice out anywhere, right? If they're paying, I'm playing. That's how we're doing it, man. Bell you, Styley. That's it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Look at him with his fucking Papa John's. He's fucking coining it, isn't he? Turning Absolutely. up at Papa John's, opening, cutting ribbons at Papa John's fucking uh, uh, outlets. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's getting weird in. He's the boy. He ain't doing that for fucking free, is he? His wedding is just going to be a sea of Papa John pizzas. Can't well, wait. having said that, though, I've got a fucking load of this vanished pet mess shit to flog, mate, because that's how they paid me. I've got a lot of... So if anybody's got a dog, you need to get... Keep shitting on the carpet. If you're training a dog at your house at the moment, you need to shift some of this stuff. Give us a, give us a shout, right? I'll do you a little bit of a deal. Just DM us on Instagram and I'll sort it out. No Sounds bother. Mm. Cheeky fucker. Anyway, uh, there you go. Yeah, I'm in New York that weekend, pal. That should be a cracker, that, eh? August Fuck 25th. Him. So, Maiden Beefy, Liam Smith's fight's going to happen in uh, Los Angeles as well. Do you hear that? Yes. For the uh, for the WBO title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is it late June, early July? I saw that, yeah. A, a I, don't think a date's been, I don't think a date's been confirmed as of yet, but it's looking like it's going to be stateside, isn't it? Yeah. And every time... Uh, I, uh, this, this is a little bit of a warning for people that don't normally listen to this show. It's a bit of a fucking nightmare, right, with him being a scouser because every time a scouser fights abroad for a world title, he then comes up with all this historical information that nobody's ever done it before and all this type of stuff yeah. in a, in a, a certain... Vegas would be special. In a, Vegas, sta- in a certain state of America. Yeah. Uh, but this is a great opportunity for Beefy to win his belt back against the geezer that absolutely mauled Saddam Ali, didn't he? Oh, absolutely fuck. fucking mauled him. Um, these new bigger and better and more improved Mexicans are frightening aren't they mm. we've not seen Mexicans of this size before but shit guy looks like a real deal Munguia yeah he's top class did you see the purse bid by the way for the Dillian White fight with Pulev no right so Pulev's looked after by Sauland yeah of course and uh, obviously Mike Shroom look after Mike Shroom yeah, our yeah. boy Eddie Hearn yeah right neither of them won the purse bid what a company called Epic Sports that have never put on a boxing event. Yeah. Right? Bid for the purse bid. Fucking hell, this is class. Tell me more. They bid double everybody else. So Eddie bid around, I think it was around $800,000. Okay. Um, Kala was in and around that 
that fi- that yeah, yeah. figure because they all you know they know what they know they know the worth of the, the yeah, shit long time they know the worth of shit Epic Sports have come along and put 1.5 million dollars on the table holy moly and because and because of the splits on the purse wait a minute who the fuck is Epic Sports never they've never done a boxing event before never heard of them never done it this is awesome right you so, do know this is awesome so they've come in they've just fucking spunk one and a half million dollars on this fucking fight 75-25 split uh, to P- Pulev yeah anyway a little bit of information has come out about Epic Sports that one of the directors is one of Pulev's mates oh my goodness so his mates weighing him in over a million dollars I think Wait, that's them crazy Russians for you kid I think Dillian will come out with about 350,000 375,000 that USSR broke up man the, the amount of oligarchs it was just crazy it was like a fucking wild west mm. crazy it's, shit it's kind of frightening that that's where we are but it, you know what it, it's enlightening in the fact that mate we, we as fight disciples we should start bidding for shit not we ain't got one and a half million no, no. dollars mate where do you fucking listen if we're getting one and a half million dollars where is it mate Start weighing me in, lad. There is, there is no one half million dollar purses needed for a central area title fight. Oh fuck off! We should we should start hosting down at Green Midlands Bank. Area, down at Green Bank, where I saw Lomachenko. Southern area title I fights. I've been I've been I've seen Lomachenko in Green Bank fights. in Liverpool. He we was could be the regional area title fight hosts. Oh lads, we could bang them on YouTube, put them on our face uh, mm. YouTube account. In fact, if anyone, you know what? I think we should do that. I think we should actually. This is the moment when we become fight promoters, when we start making the headlines ourselves. We should start generating central area, northern area, midlands area, southern area title fights. We should bid for them. Mm. Do you reckon it will cost? Tenner. <laughs> <laughs> the last round of drinks. That's it. Absolutely, mate. Um, so there you go. I don't know where the fucking fight's going to happen. Because they're in charge, mate. They can just... Uh, right, boys, this is where we're doing it. We're doing it on the fucking back of a boat in the middle of the sea. Doesn't yeah. matter, does it? Fucking crazy. There you go. It's crazy um, shit. It was supposed to happen at the O2. That's what was supposed to happen. Because Eddie was supposed to win it, wasn't he? We're living in an era of mm. fantasy money and fantasy fights. You know, mm. I'm, st- I'm still waiting to see AJ's... Uh, not AJ's, sorry. Deontay Wilder's $50 million bag of money. Mm. Does that even exist? No, it doesn't matter. It's, it's lost in the annals of boxing history like mm. fucking Klitschko's USB. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, here you go. I'll give you the exact figures. Eddie bid $830,000. Yeah. $800,000 bang on from Team Sauland. And Epic Sports came in with one and a half million and just fucking Eight, Look at Eddie with his $830 million bid. He's like that cunt on YouTube. <laughs> on, on eBay, sorry. I like yeah, that yeah, fuck yeah, on yeah. eBay. Instead of bidding 11 quid or 12 quid, he bids £11.30. <laughs> fucking Eddie, what man. What are you fucking <laughs> doing, lad? He's a good lad, isn't he? He's a good lad. I reckon they're coming at 800. We're not going to go 850 or or 900 do 830 count <laughs> in man. fact in fact you fucking robbed that no. iPad off me last week didn't you Eddie you and mate, you covered your extra 30 pence it's even funnier 831 it is <laughs> oh my god he's a good lad isn't he? <clears throat> in fact that, that sours me actually because that reminds me of an Arsenal cheekily offered that quid the extra quid for uh, for fucking the main man yeah mm. There you go. Anyway. Uh, listen, I'm going to. Um, I know that we're laughing and joking, but I'm going to bring the tone of the podcast down just to finish off because I think it's only it's fair. Not you? No, I'm going to bring it down, mate, mate, because because of what's happened in in the world of boxing this week. We've lost two absolute superstars, two absolute legends oh, um, gotcha. of the game. I'm going to start first of all with Dean Francis, yeah, a man that uh, was absolutely 
sensational at super middleweight, light heavyweight, you name it, he could do it. He got an injured shoulder and that probably derailed his opportunities from going forward and becoming a world champion. I personally believe that if he wouldn't have got injured, he would have done that. I know it's easy for me to say now in hindsight, but I genuinely believe that at the time as well. And he, he's been well documented, obviously, his, his battles with illness yeah. uh, over the last 18 months to two years. Um, and, and that battle sadly came to an end uh, last Friday. Absolutely devastated uh, for his family and friends. And there's been a, a wonderful outpouring from the boxing community as well, who have supported him over that two-year period because you may have seen very various, obviously, sportsmen's dinners and various things like that because he went on a, a bit of a trip there in order to raise money for the various charities that were helping him uh, deal with it, with his illnesses. And I've no doubt, I'm absolutely convinced that that legacy will continue from people in the boxing world and obviously his family and friends. Yeah, absolutely. You know, age 44, man. No fucking, fucking age, man. What, what kind of age is that? You know, it, it's frightening. I, uh, I was lucky enough to see Dean fight on occasion. His left up was um, unbelievable, wasn't it? Unreal. Uh, unreal, you know. He, he had so much potential in him as well, you know. Uh, I think I was there the night before to... I think who it was now. It might have been towards the end, actually. It might have been the Bob Badger safe fight, which he lost right at the end. Mm. I think I've I seen him fight over McKenzie. You know, he had a, he had a great following, and it, it's heartbreaking. I think more than anything, it's just the age, isn't it? You know, the fact that he was That's 44, and I think it impacted all of boxing, and, you know, it's life, isn't it? You just don't know the minute. Mm. And then, of course, on the exact same day, you get that news first on, on Dean, and then we got the news literally moments later. Same moments day. later, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of a man that really changed the face of boxing, not only in his hometown, in his in his home community, yeah, but just in Great Britain at that particular time. The Winkerback Gym just kept churning out these champions, man, from guys from the street. And of course, I'm talking about Brendan Ingle, who the majority of fans of my age will yeah. remember him from his time with Prince Nazim Ahmed yeah, and what he turned Naz into. But let's not forget some of the other dudes that went through that gym as well. Obviously, Ryan Rhodes and Johnny and Nelson, who we've spoke about Yeah, uh, Errol Bob Graham, man. Fucking Bob, Errol, yeah. yeah. His superstar. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, sad, 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 sad day on Friday when both of those names came through that they had, uh, they had sadly left us. But I think we should just just touch upon what Brendan actually did, man. In 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 that gym, I mean, if if you remember, he actually set it up as a dance class. Yeah, yeah. He was he he was yeah. he, he was asked by the lo- I think it was the local chaplain or the local priest or something. Listen, we've got a little bit of a problem. Can you uh, put on these dance classes and what have you? And they used to put these dance classes on uh, to help out the local community. Um, and they ended up scrapping some of them in the in the in the dance class or something like that because like I want to dance with that girl I want to dance with this girl and all this type of stuff uh, for the younger. I hope the, that's true. No, no, that, that's legit. That's so he, listen, we've got a problem with like young kids and getting into various bits and bats and bother with punching each other in the mush and what have you. So he ended up changing that exact Saint Thomas's, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And he ended up changing that into his boxing gym, and away we go, man. Phenomenal, absolutely crackers. As you said, though, he, you know his style of boxing, the what he brought to the brought to the British ring, changed the face of boxing so much. You know how many how many fighters have been inspired, not just from Sheffield or from the Winkle Bank, but all over the country, been inspired by Nazim mm. or Errol Bomber Graham or Johnny Nelson or Clinton Woods. Mm. You know all these guys, Junior Witter. They they all had that same Winkle Bank style. 
You know, it, it was quintessentially Brendan Ingle. This is what he brought to the ring. This is what he he brought to British boxing. I think his his, his legacy obviously is absolutely rock solid. I would love to see him put into the World Boxing Hall of Fame. Yeah. For the impact that he's had on the sport, I think. From a British point of view, you know that you, you could you could count on one hand the number of trainers in history that have come anywhere near to the success that Brendan Ingle had, uh, and I, I, you know hopefully that's the the best testament you can leave. It was so sad to hear that news. Obviously, you know Dominic is is very much carrying the flag for his father now and, and still working with Kel and mm. many other fighters. Billy Joe and, and and that and that style of Winko Bank, that style that Brendan Ingle brought to the ring, will remain for the foreseeable future, thankfully, and hopefully long into the future, but phenomenal contribution to British boxing. Incredible And his community as well, because oh, yeah. I know he's obviously made these world champions, but the kids that he's taken off the streets yeah. over in Yorkshire... And that's what we forget. You and, know. and saved their lives, man, giving them direction. Some of them obviously never went on to be pro or do anything in the amateurs, just gave them focus and Absolutely. something to do overnight. Yeah rather than get themselves in bother. And you know what? Uh, absolutely, And You know what? That happens up and down the country, Adam. It happens at every amateur boxing gym in this country without a shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, the, the amount of kids' lives that they save, take off the streets and give them a focus is unreal. Not even kids that turn pro, mm. necessarily just kids that have, have just got something to work towards. But also, it, it was the style that Brendan brought to the boxing ring. I think that's what will be remembered most. You mm. know, this flamboyant hands down style this pop shot and style this incredible footwork but fundamentally it was all down to one thing and that was hard work mm. and that's what Brendan demanded from all his fighters and what Dominic still demands now as well it's like it's graft you know you, you can be the next Naz the next Johnny the next whatever but it's all about graft if mm. you're not committed to it you won't achieve it do you know what my favourite Brendan Ingle moment is and it's not anything that actually happened in the ring take a listen to this Naz has backstabbed me he has been snidey towards me, he has been underhanded towards me. And anyone who treats me like that, I don't have anything to do with, whether it's visual or from a hearing point of view. You can't do that. I was kind, I showed him kindness, I showed him friendship. Um, I tried to fear him. Um, Let me just know. jump in here. Chris no, Chris, no, no, Chris no, no. tried to nick Naz off me years ago and Naz gave him the, the rods. That's the problem. Chris, Chris Eubank come to my gym. I paid him £300 a week. Johnny Nelson stood him on his head. Earl Graham stood him on his head and he wouldn't fight him. Naz has got more talent in his little finger than he's ever had. He come up to our gym and he watched Naz jump the ropes. He watched Naz strut, strut around the place. And he went out and made a fortune, not a problem. But in the Boxers Association down London, he got Naz when he was up at the top of the tree, got him to one side and tried to steal him off me. And Naz come out and, and I tell you, Eubank was lucky I didn't finish upsetting about him. I might have been 54 at the time, but he'd have been in a bleeding fight with me and you take that from me. He's a phony. That, to me, just tells me everything that I need to know about <laughs> Brendan Ingle. Absolute. Yeah. What a legend he is. Offering out Chris Eubank. You are not <laughs> taking my fighter off me. I'll fucking give you a good hiding, lad. I still love the story of when he was, you know, and again, I hope it's true. Sometimes these things get lost in a little bit of Hollywood romanticism, but the fact that he was on a double-decker bus on his way back home, back to the gym, whatever, 
and he was on the, the upper deck and he went past the school and he seen this young Asian kid throwing leather, uh, sorry, punching his, you know, punching his way around a schoolyard, defending himself against bullies, and he jumped off the bus and went in and, and met the headmaster, spoke to the school teacher, and it turned out it was Naz, and he and he found out his dad was the you know the the owner of the local news agent, the local corner shop, and he went in there and said bring Naz to me and I'll teach him and he taught all the brothers but it was ultimately Naz that he became a world champion I, I hope that's true I'd love it to be true but, but, nice but, but, but again the impact like literally from a cultural point of view the impact that Naz's career had on British Asian culture mm-hmm. should not be over, you know, looked past and it was all because of this Irishman this Irish guy plucked this Asian mm. kid from a schoolyard and went and taught him the fundamentals of boxing and ultimately became one of the biggest boxing stars on the planet, one of the greatest British boxers we've ever seen. Naz, both of us are massive, massive Naz fans. The impact he had on the whole Asian culture in the UK, the British Asian culture, Nazim, courtesy of Brendan Ingle, is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal because up until that point, I couldn't name you a single British Asian professional athlete mm. until Naz yes. changed the game. Yeah, good shout, good shout. There you go. Um, they will be missed, both men, uh, Dean Francis and uh, Brendan Ingle, uh, who we sadly lost uh, this week. Um, there's no fights for us to preview this week, mate. There's nothing for us nope. to get stuck in. To be fair, we could do a break, couldn't we? We could. It's been a bit... Know, I'm, I'm six, seven beers in here, it's so bit hectic, it's probably not it? a bad shout. It's been a bit hectic, uh, but next week it ramps back up again because there's a certain uh, um, meme-thieving Gypsy King yep. that is uh, coming back to, uh, <laughs> back to the ring. And don't forget as well, I know that it's all been taken over by uh, Tyson Fury, that uh, June 9th card. Uh, but Terry Flanagan could become a two-weight world champion absolutely. that night as well. Um, so we've Legacy got Stefan and shit. Man. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got lots to uh, preview as we build up uh, towards that next week. Week after, it's uh, Santa Cruz Abnamares. Ugh. And then we're building yes, up. And then we're building up, obviously, Billy towards Joe Billy Martin Joe and Martin Murray as well. Uh, of course we are, yeah. Uh, so uh, if you've never uh, listened to us before, this podcast is a little bit different because we're on location today. Normally, we're sat in our studio doing our thing, so have a little bit of a listen back to uh, some of our archive. There's loads of little bits and bats on there, uh, but you can subscribe to this. We're here every single week doing this, a boxing one and a UFC one. You can get us on uh, iTunes. Uh, you can also uh, get your Android feed via our website, fightdisciples.com, all over social media too, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, there's videos on YouTube as well. So if you're a big Darren Till fan or a big UFC fan, loads of videos on there as well for you to get stuck into. And there's plenty more coming as well as we build up uh, towards these super fights that are happening in June. All right. He's going to go and get lashed now. Probably going to have a little bit of a dance because he's celebrating. Yep. Enjoy the bank holiday. There you go. Enjoy your well, bank holiday. No. What are you talking about? Enjoy the bank holiday. You're going to enjoy the bank holiday. I thought you were wishing people to enjoy the bank holiday. They're listening to this after the bank holiday oh, yeah. bell end, right? We're recording this now so then we don't have to see each other tomorrow so then people can listen to this on Tuesday. Time off from Adam. Thank fuck. Thank fuck for that. I'm off to go and do another TV advert to make a few quid because this ain't hurting me. Fuck all. <laughs> see you in a bit. Ta-da. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.